I'm going to talk tonight about engaging new members early when they join Rotary and also talking about how Rotary Melbourne has been able to do this and to share that with everybody who wants to hear about how we have done it. So I think we would all agree that new members are what we could call the lifeblood in the future of Rotary. I believe that all our clubs will not only survive, but will thrive if every club has a membership base that truly reflects its community. And of course, the club is a buzz with engaged, enthusiastic and excited members. But to achieve this, I believe Rotary needs constant renewal. And that's something we all struggle with. But to have renewal, we need to not only attract new members, but we need to keep them. And one of the best ways of doing this is to ensure that we engage. And I really mean to engage new members, but when they first join the club. And this is really important because this is the time when they will feel the most excited about their decision to become a member. They have now cleared the first hurdle and joined, but no doubt they'll have expectations. And these are expectations of what their membership will be about. They obviously want to serve and contribute, but the only way they can do this is by feeling truly engaged in the club and its activities, which really means they need to feel welcome and get the sense that they belong. So to do this, we as existing Rotarians, we need to reinforce that, yes, you've made the right decision by joining our club. And we do this by helping them to get engaged, but in a way that maintains their current level of enthusiasm, which of course we don't want to diminish with unnecessary club bureaucracy. So we need to be very flexible in our thinking while we help them to figure out how they can contribute and in a way that's very meaningful for them. And I think at this stage, we really need to remember that it's not about us, but it's all about them. We also need to be aware because experience has told us that far too often new members become disengaged early. And that's because they're left to figure out for themselves how the club operates and work out what are the rules around here. And while they're doing this, they often get knocked back because they're told, well, we don't do it that way around here. Or, well, no, you can't really do that. And I think we've all seen and observed and heard this kind of language from time to time around Rotary. So at this stage, they're now feeling that they don't belong and they don't feel they're being supported to get involved in a way that suits them and their current situation, whatever that might be. And we can all sometimes be guilty of trying to make people fit the mold. But feedback from new members indicates to us that the sooner a new member becomes involved and engaged in programs and activities, the more likely they are to remain with the club. So how do we mitigate this risk of early disengagement in Rotary Melbourne? Well, we've now currently trying to mitigate this risk through the introduction of our new members mentoring program. So I can probably hear some of you saying, well, who's going to do the mentoring? Well, the answer is you are, we are existing club members. As we stated earlier, 
new members are the lifeblood of all our clubs, and it's up to each and every one of us to ensure that we support and assist new members from day one to feel welcome and feel like they belong. And we know that all new members have different interests, different personality traits, and they're drawn to a variety of different activities. So what we do is we match our mentors and mentees as far as we can on personality, interests, and rotary activity. Now, this might not be possible in smaller clubs, but matching can be done in a more informal basis if that suits clubs better. But the important thing is that no matter how the matching is done, the most important thing is to ensure that a mentor is appointed and announced at the new member's induction. So mentoring can start straight after induction. So you're now starting to engage them early in your club. So do Rotarians make good mentors? Well, our experience to date has told us they make excellent mentors for new members. They certainly know how their club operates and they can genuinely share their lived experience and knowledge about Rotary. And that's important. They've lived it, they've experienced it, they know what it's about. They can share its history, its achievements at a local level, at the district level and at international level. And they can also discuss the opportunities offered by their club to its members, as well as broader opportunities by the district and RI if people want to take it broader. So what then do we expect of our mentors? Well, a mentor can best be described as a coach or a teacher, and their key role is to motivate the mentee, that is the new member, to work out what programs, projects, or activities they're interested in and passionate about, and to provide them with some guidance and assistance in how they can do this. Of course, this could include a topic or an area that the club is not currently involved in. For example, it could be somebody who has a passion about homelessness and would like to work with the club to develop a project, could be somebody who is passionate about assisting young people develop resumes, do mock interviews, or somebody who wants to get involved in international water projects. And at this stage, the club may not be involved in any of these. The worst thing we can say here is, well, we're not involved in this, so maybe you could look at the projects we are currently doing. Well, to me, that really is the wrong advice. When new members bring new ideas, it's up to us to encourage them and not discourage them. One of the key things to remember is that each new member brings skills, experience and expertise that they want to utilise as a member of your club to meet their own commitment of service above self. And I believe all of us as existing Rotarians have a responsibility to make sure this happens. As mentors, we can play a key role in working with the mentee to develop a clear pathway that will enable them to engage as quickly as possible, but in a way that's flexible and it suits their interests, their passions, their availability, their skills, and their life situation. Now, again, this may not necessarily fit the mold, but this is where we have to be flexible. And also it offers another opportunity it might sound a bit premature, but it's actually an opportunity for existing Rotarians to spot those with leadership potential for future roles. That could be as a committee chair, a secretary, or a president. 
And then over time to work on a longer term plan with their mentee on those opportunities. Now, we don't want to frighten them off in the first few months, but it's something to quietly look out for. And then at an appropriate time, perhaps approach them about other opportunities in the club. So if you're going to become a mentor, what qualities, traits or skills do we think mentors need? Well, the first thing really is they have to have the time, the patience and the commitment to work with their mentee. At Rotary Melbourne, we ask for a minimum of six months on both sides of the coin, but sometimes they can go a bit longer at the agreement of the mentee and the mentor. Mentors need to be personable. They need to have good communication skills and above all, good listening skills. Because at this stage, as we said earlier, it's all about the new member and it's not necessarily about us. It's also important to understand why the mentee joined the club and also to understand that they may challenge their mentor, perhaps about how the club does things. So it's therefore important for mentors to go in with this with an open mind, not to be too rigid about how we always do things, and at times be prepared to be challenged. And I think we would all agree that it does us good to be challenged from time to time. And being challenged sometimes can lead to some very positive changes being made. So it's not a bad thing to be challenged. And it's very, very important to really, for the mentors to listen and understand why the mentee has joined the club and to do their best to ensure the club offers every opportunity for the new member to realize their full potential as a Rotarian. So what makes a successful mentor? Well, for us, what's proven to be highly successful is communication, communication, communication. And we know there are lots of ways in today's world to communicate between people, but it's very important that mentors provide face-to-face -face time with their mentee. Because in the end, it's really all about relationships and relationships need work. And of course, they need time. And it's also very important that we have found out to pace the sharing of information because too much can also be as risky as not enough information. So I'm now going to move on and just quickly cover off how does our program work and give you some sense of what it's all about. So basically, the first thing we do is we appoint a mentoring coordinator. Now, I took on that role when I established the program in the first place. And what my role was, was to match the mentors and the mentees and make sure we got them as compatible as possible. Then during that next few months, I monitored the mentor and mentee relationship. I would phone the mentor and have a quick chat, phone the mentees, have a quick chat, just see if everything was working. And if not, try and intervene to try and assist to sort something out. For example, we had one mentor who was appointed and when I spoke to him, he said, look, this isn't really for me. I'm not really a mentor. It's not what I really want to do. So we found another mentor at that point. And we had one where there was a slight mismatch. But again, if you catch it early, you can fix it. And we appointed another mentor and everything worked out really well. So that's why it's important to monitor the relationships up front. Then part of my role was to train the new mentors and try and get at least once a year training in. It's a refresher for existing mentors and of course some new mentors as well to join the program. 
and then to conduct six monthly surveys of the mentors and mentees. While the phone calls are great, it's really good to send out a short survey. And we have sampled surveys we can share with everybody that enable you to get something back in writing and get their sense of what worked well, what didn't work well, and what can we do to continue to improve it. So it's really about a continuous improvement program as well. And then it's important to do a report after each one of those for the board and keep monitoring how it's going and then develop and keep the manuals up to date. So the next slide is going to talk about manuals. So what we have developed, and we're very happy to make all these manuals available to anybody who wants them. There's no problem there whatsoever. We've got a mentor training and information manual, which is all about the role of the mentor, how the program works, and what they're meant to do. There's also an information manual for the mentee, which is very similar to the mentor manual. And then there's a training session, which is on PowerPoint. It's very easy to do. It's based on the manuals. And again, it's about an hour to an hour and a half. And it's really sitting down with the mentors and having a discussion and running through what it means to be a mentor. So I've just included here for you as well, just a sense of what the manuals look like. That's just the index to give you a sense of what's in it. And you can see they're more or less mirror images of each other. But under the mentor manual down at Appendix 1, we've actually provided a guideline on some information that the mentor can share with their mentee and some suggested mentor activities post-induction. Again, they're just ideas, they're just suggestions to get the mentor started. And as the relationship develops, then, of course, it takes on a life of its own. But the manual is there as a guide. And the next thing I want to show you is our mentoring compatibility form. That's included in both manuals. This is the one to be completed by the mentee. And again, it's a mirror image of the one that the mentor completes. You can see it looks at background. Why do you want to join the club? Uh, what do you hope to get from your membership? What kind of availability do you have? We ask, of course, because we're in the city, which suburb you live in, so we can match them up with somebody who's not too far away. And then we ask them whether they're working full-time, part-time. And then we do personality and interests. And we ask them to circle or highlight some of those issues there about their personality traits and then about their interests. And we do list a number of the avenues of service for Rotary in trying to find out what they're interested in as well. And you can put anything you like in there. You could put something your club's interested in, something they might be interested in for the future see if you've got somebody who wants to take up something that you'd like to do some other time. So again, these are available if anybody wants. So of course, this is a two-way stream and there is a role for the mentee. It's not just all about the mentor giving. And the key role for the mentee is to commit to the program and to commit for the six months. They need to get involved with the mentor. They need to work out what they wanna do. And of course, listen to the advice from their mentor. And they also need to take responsibility for following up any introductions to committee chairs, to people in district, people in other clubs, people wherever they're being referred to, to get some information and to get some more help or an offers of assistance. So they really have a role to respond to all of that. So where are we, say, a year and a half in? Well, when I did my surveys, I've just picked some of the commentary that some of the mentees put in the survey. And you can see there, one of them says, my mentor provided me with guidance on how to choose a committee, how to be involved, how to choose what's best for me. I would have been lost and overwhelmed if it wasn't for this advice. 
And just one other one, my mentor is highly engaged with the club and a great mentor for new members. I know I can count on her should I have any questions now or in the future. So as you can say, it starts out as a two-way relationship and it does continue past the official six months because as we all know, relationships sometimes can be for life or for the life of the club at least. So some very positive feedback there. And where did we land at the end of our first year? We had a what I feel was a very good success. Uh, 25% of the new members who participated in the programme were actually appointed to leadership positions within the club the following year. And some of them were actually taking up roles of committee chairs. Now, the mentor was still there in the background, of course, providing advice and assistance. But at this stage, too, they're fairly well engaged. They know a lot of other people and they're not totally dependent on the mentor anymore. But it's still that sounding board, that person they can call about anything. So we've had what we feel was a very good success in our first year. So what do we hope to achieve out of this program? Well, the short term outcome is to ensure new members are very quickly engaged after induction and that they're really getting engaged at a level that suits their life situation at the time, such as family commitments, work commitments. And of course, the long-term outcome is for the mentee to become a long-term Rotarian. So that's what we're hoping to achieve through this program, through engaging people early and making sure that we're listening to what they would like to do with their membership in Rotary. So I'll leave it at that, and I'm happy to take any questions. Thank you, Mary. I do have some questions here for you. Mary, the first thing is, this is a obviously a, a program that's worked well for Rotary Melbourne. What have you learned from the implementation of the, of the program? Well, basically, we've learned that when members join, um, they really want to start contributing almost the next day. And as we know, that's not really possible. So what we're doing with our members is when they join the cloud, we're allocating them the mentor and they can start working with the mentor immediately to work through what is it you're interested in? What is it about Rotary that attracted you? And what would you like to do? And then we can guide them through what Rotary does through our club, through the district, through Rotary International, to just show them what the opportunities and the possibilities are, but then bring them back to what they want to do initially. And we found from speaking to the new members that they found that extremely useful as they felt they had somebody that when they showed up at a meeting, they knew somebody, they had somebody there who was looking out for them. And somebody who'd answer what they might sometimes feel were sort of silly questions or dumb questions that they didn't want to ask just a stranger, but they had this mentor that they could ask. So it's something that they value very much in having that person they can phone at any time and have a chat to. Thank you, Mary. How many people have been through, how many new members have been through your mentoring process since it first started? We're probably up to about 25 now, I think, 20 to 25. We've also had members who weren't exactly new members, but they joined, say, two years ago. So we opened it up and did a backtracking and invited other 
members to take up the opportunity who joined before we had the program. And we've had quite a few of them come forward and put their hands up. And I'm mentoring one of those at the moment. And she's now chair of our membership engagement committee. And I've gone on to that committee to assist her and help her over the next six months or so and to coach her as she's chairing the meeting and give her feedback before and after the meeting. So that's working out very well. We had another new member who wanted to do a particular proposal on homelessness, but it was something the club wasn't necessarily engaged in in that stream of homelessness at the time. So we appointed a mentor to her, another mentor to her to help her to put the proposal together. So she was able to then submit this to the board. So basically, we can be very flexible about how the program operates and we can adjust the program to meet the needs of the new members and existing members who are seeking assistance and guidance. So just to pick up on that point you made there, through your mentoring program, you empowered one of your new members to advance or, or, or to put a new project to the board. Yeah, to try and put the proposal together and put something together and put it up. Still a bit of work to be done on it. But what we're doing is we're showing them that it's possible. You have to go through a process, but it's possible. So we're not saying you can't do it. We're saying every new project is considered and every new project is looked at. And there's a process to do that. And it went to the board. She's got some feedback. So we're now taking it to the next level. So basically, there are ways of using the mentoring program, not just for the straight mentoring for the six months for new members, but to help other members when they want to tackle something new or something different. So the mentoring process is actually becoming something of a roadblock breaker within, within Rotary Melbourne. Yes, you could put it that way, yes, because it is a rather large club and can be quite a complex club to work your way around. And I think for us in particular, we found that some new members found that very daunting. But the more you work with the program, the more you find you can adapt it and adjust it to suit somebody who's stuck and needs some support and assistance. A question about the 25 plus people, plus, plus the existing members who've been through the process. Do you see your mentoring process working better for some demographics than others? I mean, I know it's, in, it's intended to be universal. Have you seen any particular benefits in terms of, say, younger people or, or women or any particular demographic? Not necessarily, because we've had different people of different backgrounds and different ages take part in the programme. And, for example, we've had existing Rotarians who transferred into our club and because they didn't know how our club operated or worked, they knew a lot about Rotary, then we would appoint a mentor to that person on a more informal basis so that they had somebody there that they could speak to about how this club worked and how do I get this done or how do I get that done because they knew the ins and outs of Rotary. So there's all sorts of people with different reasons for getting a mentor and we try and adapt the program to suit the people who need the mentor so that it works for them. The main thing with the new members coming in is we do follow the process because they're new members and we appoint the mentor and then we monitor it. 
But for existing club members and others who might be stuck, we can tailor it to suit their need. And it helps them to stay engaged with the club and it helps them to work something out and to work their way through something without being told, oh, you can't do that or we don't do it that way. It's okay, well, what do you want to do? And why do you want to do it? Okay, well, let's look at how you can do this. So we actually, like I said earlier, we provide a bit of a pathway for them to say, yes, we're not saying no, but you do have to go through this process. It's like if somebody wants a grant from a district or an RI grant. You don't say no. You say, okay, well, this is how you apply for the grant. And this is the information you need. This is the argument you have to put. And this is what you have to consider before you submit your proposal. So we guide them through that process. There's no guarantees, but at least they can see how it works. And if they get rejected or they get accepted, then at least they know they've been treated fairly and that they understood the process. Mm. So your mentoring process is, is very adaptive. Absolutely. That's the whole idea, yes. Mm. I have a question here from Susan. Thank you, Mary. This was very interesting. I would like to present your PowerPoint and manuals to my club members. How will I obtain a copy? My club is a residential club with good, with good strong across ages membership, but we need to do better with retention. That's oh, absolutely. I mean, the PowerPoint, I'm assuming, will be available on the the um, website or whatever. So feel free to do that. But also I'll talk to Kara about how we can make the manuals available. Your entering process does appear to dovetail nicely with the work that Mandy Wentz has been doing with attracting millennials to Rotary based on the vast array of very experienced members we have, credentials in business and in commerce and the like and the sharing of soft skills. Is there a crossover between what Mandy is doing and what you're doing in the mentoring process? Well, it's a very good point you raised because, like you said earlier, I'm also the vocational service chair at our district, which is District 9800. And in that role, we are looking at roles that Rotarians can play in mentoring, not just mentoring new members, but mentoring other people outside of Rotary. And we have a number of clubs in our district that do that. For example, we have through our district, which is now a multi-district program, mentoring of police and ambulance personnel. So Rotarians have an, uh, was an arrangement with um, Ambulance Victoria and Victoria Police, where there are Rotarians volunteering to mentor those people through their programs. And they're well supported by Victoria Police and Ambulance Victoria. So that's one that's already out there where they look at community projects and they develop up a relationship with these people. They mentor them for a year. And again, there's a selection process done via the police and ambulance and they choose the mentees and then Rotary finds the mentors. Then there's other programs that a lot of our Rotarians are doing where they're mentoring young people in schools. They're mentoring them to do job interviews, to write up CVs. So, yes, there would certainly be an opportunity, I believe, for Rotarians to assist millennials, either within a club or external to a club, with developing those soft skills. It could be a program Rotary could develop to assist them in their workplaces or elsewhere. And then, of course that would be another avenue of recruiting millennials into the club. So there's huge possibilities. Mary, thank you for an excellent presentation this afternoon. You've really nailed it in terms of 
sharing what you're doing and how it works and the various ways in which you can build on it to make to make an average Rotary Club that much more relevant to members. Thank you very much. It's been a wonderful opportunity.